As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Lost to Washington on Thanksgiving, got dominated in the fourth quarter, and now tonight... Absolutely shredded on the ground as Dobbins takes it in for the touchdown and more easy money according to tackle Orlando Brown. And it has been pretty easy against this Dallas defense running it as they are coming up on their own 300-yard rush game against the Cowboys defense. Well, I think there's a lot of guys who... I don't know. Have to take a hard look at themselves and ask, you know, what their efforts like. I, just that last play alone, I I would question some of that. The only thing I've got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys? Indeed. What we were expecting, Des Bryant and Robert Griffin the third. What we got was Lamar Jackson and more Lamar Jackson, as the Cowboys get absolutely run over on the ground. In Baltimore in week 13, 34-17, the final. And what a better place to break it all down than right here at The Athletic. Welcome in. I'm Kent Garrison, producing About Them Cowboys, as always, reminding you to stop down and rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you like what you hear. If you enjoy our podcast coverage of the Cowboys, make sure you're subscribed for more. But now it's time to welcome in our panel to break down this game. First, welcoming in for the first time, Dallas Stars beat writer, Saad Youssef. Round of applause for that. I'll stop down for a round thank of applause. You, Congratulations. You. But always, always welcome on about them, Cowboys. And and hopefully he'll be here uh, be here as, as much as he can. And of course, always here, the godfather, Jonathan Mishoda and Kevin K.T. Turner to host this. And guys, uh, I'll just start this off. Um, quoting friend of the show, the great Mike Reiner. Um, this team sucks. I mean, uh, they, they just let games get away from them in the, in the fourth quarter. And the, it looks like the give up kind of kick, kicked in there at the end. And, you know, Troy Aikman started to talk about it there at the end and they started to throw it a commercial. And I was kind of upset that they, they didn't let Troy go on kind of a rant there towards the end, but I think he got some words in and, yeah, man, it's disappointing the way this one ended because it was so close for, for the majority of this game, KT. Yeah, you know, tough. But, uh, 
like the fact that they kept it close, I thought was kind of inspiring. I actually thought the offense played decent. They obviously couldn't finish drives, but considering they had a makeshift offensive line against the defense that blitzes more than any other team in the league, I really thought Andy Dalton's uh, head being on his shoulders was kind of a question mark going into this game. It turns out he made it out just fine. It's, you know, the offense wasn't good enough to to overcome what I I thought I thought the defense had turned a corner, bought into the scheme, played with more effort. Man, tonight you knew what was going to happen. You knew Baltimore was just going to try to run the ball first and try to throw it as little as possible, and they couldn't even stop the run. And there are elements of bad run fits. There are elements of just not enough talent on the field. There are elements of want to and not want to. There's there's a lot there that we could talk about, but this team's going nowhere with the defense playing that poorly, specifically against the run. Yeah, I never really thought throughout the entire game, you guys can jump in if, if I'm wrong here, I never thought one point in that game that they were ever going to win that game. Not once did I ever. I'm talking Darian Thompson, uh, interception, uh, Tony Pollard, 67-yard kickoff return. Like, they were going to have to play perfectly. In a way, it kind of reminded me of that Eagles game that Nucci played in where it was like they have a bunch of stuff going their way, they're getting turnovers, but you're still like, I don't know. I don't. They're not going to win this game. Like, I don't think that there's anything about that team that's that showed you that they were going to stop the run. So whether it be over in the third quarter or if it you know was over in the second quarter, yeah, maybe that was going to be the difference. But I just never felt one time that they were going to win that game because everything that they had to do to even be in there for like the last drive to matter was going to have to be perfect. They were going to have to get another turnover. They probably were going to have to get uh, another big return. And then they were going to have to have something where Maybe Lamar Jackson got hurt. Like there was so much more that still had to happen before I even thought that, that was going to game. Maybe just because I'm, I've been poisoned by watching this entire season. But I just there was nothing about that where I'm sitting here, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, oh geez, I really hope that I because I just tweeted out this video of a clear holding call that was missed against C.D. Lamb that was going to maybe you know keep them within a three or four points at halftime that people aren't thinking like this is going to be the difference in the game. And then I was thinking like. Oh, geez. I mean, Greg Zerline was awful, but please, I hope there's not people at home going nine more points right now. We'd only be down by we'd only be down by a touchdown. They were never going to win that game. Like, I, I don't even really feel like personally, Lamar Jackson, I didn't even think looked really good. Like he had the one nice touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown and then his runs were on point. But that was like typical Lamar. But they didn't make him. They didn't challenge him to where he had to like really beat them with his arm. Whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted it, he was going to go and get it. The other thing that really hurt the Cowboys too. If, if they weren't going to get another turnover, they had to have a monster player too on offense. And that just never happened. It was just, you know, they'd get nice gains. I mean, there were some nice gains in the running game. There were some nice, nice passes. I thought Dalton did a good job spreading the ball around. I thought the offensive line did about as well as you could hope for them to do as far as keeping him clean. I thought, his, I thought Zeke played pretty well. There was a lot of positives there. And I still didn't think they were going to beat a team that, I, I mean, like where are the Ravens, like you got them going to the Super Bowl. Like, I see them losing probably in the first round of the playoffs if they make the playoffs. Like, this team, this Cowboys team is far away. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I think when they when they started the game, they were moving the ball and they had a drive going, but then that holding call really killed it. And so I think, you know, seeing the offense play that way, then Darian Thompson get the interception, I thought if they could turn that short field into a touchdown, then I, I thought the Cowboys could have a chance because I'm with John. Like, I didn't think Lamar had a, you know, spectacular game by any means. Uh 
some of those throws, man, it's, you know, he missed that wide open touchdown at the baseline, um, baseline of the end zone. So I thought the Cowboys had the chance for a little bit there until that first, uh, until after the Thompson interception, they settled for a field goal. And even though they went up three, nothing there, that's when I was like, all right, th- th- this game, the Cowboys don't have a chance to win this anymore. Yeah. And, you know, like, I guess I never thought they had a, I never thought they were going to win the game, but I was, you know, early on going, okay, maybe they can find a way to do some small things to keep this a one score game late. That's a, that's, and that's all you can ask for with this team when they're playing, you know, teams that are quite, uh, quite, uh, quite a bit better than them. I like thought I, they did have a lot of small things to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Let's take away, let's take away that Darian Thompson interception. Let's take away the Tony Pollard return. Like how ugly could this game be? Yeah, it we're talking. It could be forty-five-seven. It could have been. I mean, there were things that went their way that I thought. I mean, Andy, let's say Andy Dalton that ball in the back of the end zone to Amari Cooper that just sails out. They don't get that touchdown right there. You know, that was on fourth yeah. down, I, I believe, right? Yeah. And, and those are the those are the things you have to do. Like when they got that lead, though, they were up. Uh, they were up ten to seven. I'm sorry, they were up three nothing in that first drive. They kind of get a stop, but then it's fourth and two, and Lamar uh, Jackson has the biggest hole ever, which I know Vander Esch has said that was on him or whatever. You know, Lamar Jackson ran for 13, he he ran 13 times and completed 12 passes. He just had a field day with them. You know, 7-3, you know, you're right, the Tony Pollard, you know, return, maybe a little glimmer of hope for those who thought they might have a small chance. Uh, to get into Ravens territory, they ended up getting the touchdown pass to Gallup, so they're up ten seven. You get the missed field goal right there by Justin Tucker. He never misses, right? All right, missed field goal there, and then you know the play that kind of changed everything in the game to me it was Brandon Williams swatting down the pass, and uh, it's intercepted by LSU rookie linebacker Patrick Queen, and then on the very next play they score on a touchdown pass to Miles Boykin. They made it fourteen ten. Like any type of chance you had to control the ball, keep their defense on the field, you know, keep your your defense, your horrid defense off the field, was all decimated by that one play where it was deflected. It was an interception for the Ravens that changed the entire game. My my big issue right now with this defense is, yeah, of course the talent isn't there. You can at least get talent in the draft, you can do some things to get some talent. I I'm just really questioning how much this, this, these defensive players are even bought into the scheme. Mike McCarthy says it's a game that they're, they're too far down the road. Now it isn't a scheme issue. So he doesn't think it's a scheme. So obviously then it has to be on the players then yeah, they can get better players, but I don't think that the players have bought into this scheme. I don't, I, I just, we haven't even seen enough consistency. I mean, I feel like we kind of give them credit too much for even the like, okay games that they've played. Like, ah, the defense is turning a corner at, at no point has it played consistently to a defense that really, I'm not expecting them to be the Ravens defense. Like I'm not expecting them to like, but I'm expecting them to be at least be like, I don't know, the 14, 16, 18 Cowboys defense where at least there's buy-in and guys are the try-hard. Like, I just, I don't know. It just, it's very disheartening when you see that because those are the type of things where you start wondering, like, will this be cleaned up in one offseason? You know, a lot of people want to point to COVID and, 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 and having a, not having the training camp and a new coaching staff. Well, you're going to have all those things. And I'm still not convinced that it'll be completely fixed by next year. I don't think it will be. Personally. No, and I, at the end of, at the end of the game, there, Troy Aikman 
basically said the same thing. He said, I don't know where you start this offseason because there's just so much work to do. And, and you know, that's pretty incredible considering coming into the season, we all kind of thought this was a Super Bowl or bust kind of year for the Cowboys. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like there's not even one or two moves in the offseason that can really fix all of this. But, you know, I, I think getting I, I do think getting Dak back and, and you know, hopefully getting Lyle and, and those guys back will help. But I'm with you guys. This defense is just so beyond, I think. We all thought it was going to be a bad defense, but this has just been uh, an atrocious defense that's been not just bad by NFL standards, but historically bad. Yeah, I mean, like, I've got some big-time questions with, at some point in the second half, the effort looked really bad, and you can't have that. But, like, we've got guys in this team who are playing for the future here, too. Xavier Woods was terrible tonight, and uh, I've always been a guy who kind of takes up for Xavier Woods, but at some point you go, man, this is not good enough. And it, he's better than Darian Thompson, sure. But, you know, Xavier Woods not laying it on the line a little bit tonight. Tough. You can't have that. You can't have that. And he doesn't make enough plays to justify him not coming up and making a play, you know? Quite frankly, a type of play that, that Jeff Heath might make. You know, and I said might for a reason. Might make. Um, you know, those things are frustrating. I realized Donovan Wilson was hurt, but since when are we like, are we saying Donovan Wilson's your starting safety next year? Like, the yeah, the holes are evident. Cheeto, I mean, Cheeto's got a chance to to get himself. I mean, his market's terrible. He's got a chance to go get the Anthony Brown contract, though. You know, show us that you got something. Maybe we'll bring you back. They need bodies at quarterback, and you don't really see Cheeto doing anything. I thought Jordan Lewis played well tonight. Um, but you know, Jordan Lewis plays well, what, once every three games. I mean, he comes up and he'll make a couple flash plays. Maybe he'll, he'll make one play on a blitz, one play in the run game. And then pretty much you kind of see him getting beat a little bit, you know, or getting pushed around a little bit in coverage a lot of the time. So, you know, I, I sit there and go, okay, well, that's not there. So there's that position group. We know what the issues are at linebacker. I mean, I, I think Vander Esch overall has played well when he's been there. I thought tonight he, Looked bad a couple times. I do think Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray will do that to you if you're a middle linebacker. Can't have it happen a lot, but you know that's going to happen. So I'm, I'm not like mad at Leighton Vander Esch for fourth and two, uh, you know, giving up that big play. I'm not mad at him for that. We know Jalen's not good enough. Like we've we know that. Like it, it's it's moved on. Those are your linebackers next year. That's not changing. Maybe you go draft Micah Parsons. From Penn State, maybe that helps it out or whatever. But those are your—they're here, like those are your linebackers and your defensive line. I got no issues with Tank. I think Randy Gregory. I still think like Randy Gregory. Anytime he wears a uniform, has been good for the Cowboys. What the hell's going on at defensive tackle? They do not have the bodies there, and that's an issue. And it's a weak defensive tackle draft, so you can't just go, "We'll fix it in the draft." Well, I don't see any game changers. A defensive tackle. You're not getting your Aaron Donald to fix that. You're not clogging that up, you know. Um, so I, it is multiple issues. Luckily, they do have a lot of draft picks. You're probably going to pay your quarterback, so your funds are going to be going to be tight. But you knew that anyways. Um, uh, you're right, John. The, this defense is not going to get fixed uh, overnight. And by overnight, I mean one off season. So on the pregame show, Jimmy Johnson was talking about how their number one priority has to be resigning Dak. And then he said, but if they have a top five pick, you have to really consider taking a quarterback there if you get the chance because 
you're not expecting to draft that high and that's where you get quarterbacks and that's where the value is. And so that comes off as like, wow, he wants to re-sign Dak and draft a quarterback too. And Hey, I mean, it's hard to be critical of a guy who did a phenomenal job of building a Cowboys dynasty in the nineties. So you got to You got to take what he says pretty seriously and at least consider it. But when he says that, all I keep thinking about is just like, there's just too many holes on defense to even do that. Like, Obviously, the you know the perfect world thing is that they get in a, a nice spot where somebody's attracted to one of those quarterbacks and they can trade back and get even more picks. But there's just so much that needs to be fixed on that defense. And I agree with you. Like, yeah, there ain't th- th- that safety, that game changing safety, that game changing D tackle. From everything I've heard, it ain't in this draft. But that doesn't mean you can't still get better players than you have right now at some of these positions in the draft. And hey, maybe they aren't going to be that guy for you next year. Maybe you have to wait a couple years. Maybe that it's the future and 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 it isn't going to be an instant. But I just don't I don't look I don't, I don't look at this defense and think that it's getting better anytime soon. And like as you mentioned with free agency, they're not going to be a player in free agency for any major defensive changes, not just because of the COVID and paying Dak, but just the fact that this defense just ha- this team has not invested in those areas. And so the where where they've invested is in the draft, and so if that's how they're going to get better, then okay, go ahead and draft these guys. Find another Trayvon Diggs, you know. Go go yeah. out there and, and and find another linebacker that that can make game changing plays. Go get another pass rusher too. I mean, I'm fine with Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence. You can use more. You can Absolutely. use another guy that can go after get, getting getting after uh, the quarterback, and then on safety. I mean. When you look at what they're putting out there at safety, like you can't tell me that getting a guy in the third or fourth round won't wouldn't help them. I mean, I just, I mean, it's so bad. Their safety, I mean, but they've invested the least amount in safety uh, of anybody in the NFL at least 2013 and beyond. So, yeah, while I, I, it's a good thought, and I get, I get what Jimmy Johnson's saying about also drafting a quarterback, but it's hard for me to watch this defense and think, no, you know, just a couple tweaks. Just a couple tweaks, and, and, and they'll be able to turn it around. I, I, I just don't see that. That Xavier Woods penalty was... Awful. Yeah. And, and, oh my gosh. And John, I, I think to your point, I think what Jimmy's doing is just kind of harking on personal experience because, you know, he drafted Troy Aikman and Steve Walsh in the same draft or, or in, in the same year in 1989. So I think, you know, he obviously had Troy Aikman, his number one pick, but he didn't hesitate to also take Steve Walsh. So I think, you know, that's just his ideology. I agree with you. I don't think that's the way to go. Um, I, and, and remember that, that was a, awful awful Cowboys team um in 89 as well um you know but I think that that's kind of where Jimmy's point is coming from but you know to, to go back to what Kent, is, what Kent just said like you know that Xavier Woods penalty and the, Xavier Woods's game in general um I think there's just too many holes and you do have to evolve the way that you build a team like sure maybe in 1989 you built in a, a certain way but right now with your premium picks, you gotta go. You gotta go get the guys that are gonna make a difference, and that's gonna be littered all over the defense. Hey, John, did are you sure Jimmy said they had to sign Dak and not or? Yes. It was an and. Oh, it was an and. That surprised me. I thought I, I thought you meant like if the season ends and they find out, oh, we're gonna have a top three pick, then you have a decision to make because if you're ever gonna replace a quarterback, you might as well do it now because you're probably never gonna have a top five pick in the next five years again. You know, that's oh, no, what he I took said. It as. His num- no, he said his number one priority is to re-sign Dak Prescott. They have to get that done because you can't pay him underneath the franchise tag next mm. season because of the money that that you would owe him. It would be hard to even fill out the rest of a roster. And then he said, but with that said, have or he said, having said that, 
Um, you know, if you're drafting the top five, you don't get a chance to draft up there very often. You got to take a quarterback if you think there's a franchise quarterback there. And I actually, I don't disagree with him, honestly. And I know we need defensive help. I'm not excited. If, and right now, the Cowboys have the fourth pick in the draft. And uh, probably, you know, we'll see what happens at the Bengals game where it looks like the Cowboys have a chance to get a win on Sunday and all that type of stuff. I'm not terribly excited what they have on defense. And, and what I would say is, you know, this will all uh, figure itself out because you will have the offseason and you will have free agency. You will have a franchise tag deadline for Dak. What's that? Well, the franchise tag deadline is that's before the draft, right? Yes. So yeah, like, it's in March. All, all that'll be known, you know. Uh, but if you like Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, uh, the quarterbacks in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence, if you like those guys more than you like Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertain or Penny Sewell from Oregon, the offensive tackle, who I know they love inside the star. Um, you know, you do take the quarterback. You that's a position of value, and you can figure it out from there. You can get someone to trade for it. Like that, there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you're in love with the guy. Not if you like the guy. Not if one guy over here says you should take that guy. If you love the guy, if you did your work, scouted him, and loved the guy. You know, uh, you know what really makes tonight disheartening for any Cowboys fan that watched that game or anybody that just was an observer and, and, and wanted to see what, what was going to happen because there was nothing else on TV and how, and you, you don't get to see Tuesday night football. It's the fact that you literally just saw on Sunday a Washington team beat undefeated Pittsburgh. You saw New York go win in Seattle. This division was supposed to be Cowboys, Eagles decide this thing. And those other two teams, they were still supposed to be rebuilding. You weren't supposed to see anything out of those two teams for at least another year. And you look at how hard those teams are playing, and you see the improvement from week to week, and that you can see it's a better team now than it was at the beginning of the year. Again, first-year coaching staffs, they have their own set of issues, and they're getting better. I don't know how you can watch the Cowboys and think they're getting better. Yeah, and, and I mean, you look at the Cowboys, a lot of times it looks like, you know, whether, you know, Troy Aikman said it, the effort is an issue, and Mike McCarthy just said post-game, it's not a scheme issue on defense, so I guess it's a talent issue or things like that. You have that with the Cowboys, and then you have the Eagles literally benching their, their you know, franchise quarterback who they just signed. So, you know, like John said, it was supposed to be Cowboys-Eagles, and Giants and Washington weren't even supposed to factor in, and now Giants and Washington are driving this thing while the Cowboys can't even get competent um, NFL passing grade play, not not even wins, just just passing grade effort, and the Eagles are are going to their second string rookie quarterback or rookie quarterback. It's just it's awful. Well, two things that that uh, really jump out at me is how physical the Giants are. Uh, their offensive line, quite frankly, is a physical offensive line. They made some. Uh, Investments to get that way. Um, how physical the Redskins, oh, the Washington football team's uh, defensive line is. I see a lack of physicality on both sides of the ball, but mainly defense. It really jumps out uh, for Dallas. There's a lack of really competent O-line play for Philadelphia. Washington and New York are just better up front. Uh, Cow- Cowboys have clearly have more weapons. You know, it's, it's not even debatable. Um but they get their ass kicked up front. I mean, I 
the linebackers, and I, I know it's like we're everyone's been hard on Jalen and, and and Leighton, and the run fits have not been good. They they have not, and it's week fourteen, or we're heading to week fourteen, and we're still having run fit issues. I mean that is crap. You get ironed out in preseason, but man, I tell you what, they ain't getting clean runs to the football either very often, because the offensive linemen for the other team are beating up on the defensive tackle, and they're getting to the second level and getting in the way and interfering. And if you don't have good safety play to come up and help help out with that, then you're kind of screwed. And that's how you give up eight yards of carry. And that's how Gus Edwards tears you up for 14 yards of pop. And yeah, it's almost like, hey, can we be good somewhere in the middle of the defense? If we're yeah. not good at tackle, we're not good at safety, we're not good at linebacker, how are you making any plays? Like, seriously, like every team is going to just keep running it right down your throat like that's happened to them all season long. At, at some point, you have to invest in those positions, even if you – however you break it down, whatever analytics you use to think that, hey, these certain positions aren't worth paying or these certain positions aren't worth drafting high in the draft, eventually you have to address them with something. I mean, it just, I mean, this is, I feel like, honestly, it's caught up to them. It's caught up to yeah. them that they've neglected these positions for so long that they're left with what they are left with now, which are a lot of late round picks and just kind of eh, stick your toe in the water, you know, free agency signings and it, and it's caught up with them now. And now they have a major, major problem where they have to fix these things. And these aren't things that are going to be fixed in one off season. You know, they didn't get any better. Hey, they're also going to need a kicker. Good grief. <laughs> what the hell? Zerline went full Maher tonight. Greg left his leg in Dallas. There's a, there's a tweet <laughs> roaming around talking about how Justin Tucker made comments about, now, since they added a scoreboard to that stadium, it's been very difficult. Can I just skip? Okay, look, Zerline had a bad night, uh, one for four from field goal. Okay, the field goals don't matter in the end. I kind of got issues with what are we doing? We're down 14, and uh, it's fourth and 15. You're probably not going to get it, but why are we trying to kick long field goals? Like, we know it hasn't worked tonight. Uh, never mind. I'm driving out of my, my, my way to, I, I just. All right. Well, if we're bringing up that, why, why would you do the watermelon kick again? Yeah. Like, you know, but I mean, come on. No, I know. No one's going to see that coming. We're really, we're, we're really doing this again. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. They're man. trying this everything cause they're, they're, they're screwed and they know they're screwed. They're trying everything. I, I had some issues, though. I mean, there was a fourth and four even where I was like, what do you have to lose? Well, let's go here. But those are debatable decisions. I have problems with that. Can we talk about the timeout or not taking the timeout? I mean, you see McCarthy freaking out and he's screaming into his mask <laughs> for a delay of game. And I'm like, are you yelling at yourself for not seeing the play clock? That's Well, he said that he thought they were about to snap it, you know, and it was one of those things where he didn't well, want to, like, ice his own kicker and, like, call it right there call it right before they're about to snap. He thought they were going to snap it right at the, you know, as the clock was winding down to one. And then obviously they didn't. And well, he yeah. was wrong by about five seconds. Cause <laughs> the play clock hit zero and they still gave him about three seconds before they blew that thing dead. He was so wrong. <laughs> no, uh, I, and, and, you sound you know, like that, you don't have faith. He's going to get this turned around. I've seen this crap, man. <laughs> there was a game where Mason Crosby, I got the yips and missed like, Oh yeah. And they're not replacing Zerline. Zerline will be. Yeah. Like, I was against Detroit. I remember it. Yeah, Mason Crosby got the yips. But like half of those kicks, I was like, it was fourth and two. I don't really understand right. why we were trying to kick a 48-yarder. I don't understand. Uh, but I, I'm when not, he missed the like 30-yarder when it was concerning. 
mean, didn't he miss a 35 yarder earlier in the game? You know what's tough about him like, is that oh, every man, time the ball, co- every time the ball comes off his foot, it looks like you're like, whoa, I don't know where that's going. Like <laughs> it, it never, doesn't, it's never just like straight. It like, it comes off like, I don't know if he was a pitcher, like he would, nobody would ever hit off of him because the way the ball the, would come out of your hand, nobody would be able to track it. The Rams would take him back so fast right now. They got special teams problems uh, in in L.A. Um, so I'm not to say there's anything better out there, but that was not an encouraging performance from Mr. Zerline in, in Baltimore this evening. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't come off like like Maher's came off real weird too. Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 it's kind of similar. It's not that smooth, consistent follow through of Kai Forbath. Now, can I say this? Is my biggest problem of the night, aside from the kind of give up ha- factor that happened in the fourth quarter, why are we sharing pleasantries in the middle of the field with a team that had four strands of COVID? Why would you be close to them? And I, we're going to get into the death thing in a minute. Are you talking about after the game? Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Well, that makes it even worse, though, the fact that you just had a player literally leave the field. Has that even happened this season? Where, like, a guy warmed up, and then they're like, no, dude, you tested positive. You got to go now. After you've already been hanging out. Like, I don't know. Like, all I'm going to say is that I I feel very confident if that happened in a college football contest, that game would have been postponed. After Dez already dapped up his entire former team and hugged everybody. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not in the SEC. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, you're, that's, you're, you're probably uh, right. <laughs> Game of the week, man. I mean, hey, look, here, here's the thing. I guess so many people, uh, it's fine. Like, you can question how, how the NFL is handling it. Here's what I'll tell you. The NFL is doing fine. They gave every player the right to opt in or out, and every game has been televised. We're good on that? 13 weeks? We've had to do some moving and shaking. They've all been played. So they're winning. Like, that's oh, yeah. fine. This is a little different, though, where you get the test. And, uh, they said th- th- he took a test this morning, but they didn't get the results until the night. So they had to take him back again. And, uh, yeah, because it was in- t- inconclusive, I believe. And I didn't even know. I guess I wasn't looking at Twitter for a few minutes at the beginning of the game until Joe Buck was like, and Des Bryant not playing as he tested positive for COVID. I was like, what? And then I pulled up Des's Twitter account, and Des had already declared himself out for the season. And was then talk, was <laughs> and he's drinking wine. <laughs> drinking wine. Hey, let me promote my businesses that I've put on hold for three years. I remember I was talking about them three years ago, but let me start talking about my businesses again. All right, just for a second here. The just think hell? about this. Just think about that. And I know that he's he's probably grown up since this time, but he read a tweet in a locker room after a practice from Robert Klemko that said, that said something about what just went down in the locker room between an argument with another reporter. And that was on video of how much he flipped out there. I mean, lost it. How do you think it was for that doctor to be like, uh, yes, sir. No, I came back positive. You have to get your belongings and leave. Do you, how, how do you think that that went down? Do you think that that was a really smooth process? Or do you think that doctor was like, uh, yeah, we're going to need to get some, I'm going to need to get some police officers and <laughs> yeah, I need to get he, some, he, I need to get some help because he said, I'm, I'm not scared. leaving. Yeah. They're like, yeah. no, we're, the cops are going to make you leave if you don't leave. <laughs> straight, straight up wolf on wall, the, the wall street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I feel bad for him just because too. it's not just today. It's just not tonight. A lot of people forget 2018. I mean, when he tore that Achilles, that was only like about three weeks away from playing the Cowboys. The only reason I remember this is because they were going to send me. I was at the morning news at the time. They were going to send me to New Orleans and like do like a whole story about Des like leading up to the week. And I was like pumped. I was like, this would be awesome. And then he tears his Achilles in that first practice. So it was like he had a chance to play them 
there. And then I just saw some some reporters tweeting about what Lamar Jackson just said after the game, and he said that Des had been talking about how much he was looking forward to that game. And I'm sure he would like he's going to downplay it to a certain extent, but. Like in that pregame interview that Fox had where he was talking to Tony Gonzalez and he was talking about how, uh, um, you know, he would have been even more fired up if it would have been the year after he got let go. But he still was looking forward to this game. And it's another thing to sit there and be told this like like two or three days ago, but like mentally be on the field preparing like I'm about to play. And then you're seeing other guys on the field from that team that. I mean, there's still 22 guys in the Cowboys roster. Now, this is some guys injured, like, you know, Dak and that, but there's still 22 guys in the roster that played with Des Bryant, you know. Yeah. Uh, G- obviously, Jerry Jones is is a guy that, you know, was in the stadium, you know. like Hell, probably hugged he, him. Yeah, he... he <laughs> I tell you, the Cowboys he, are highly at risk right now. I mean I'm saying, he, he dapped up the entire organization. Every trainer, every dude, ball fine. guy, yep, yeah. And he, just, and he literally, as we're recording, he just tweeted this. He said, this was more than just another game for me. It wasn't about revenge. I didn't need a catch. I wanted to make a point. So, no, no, and, you and know, look, it meant something to him. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and uh, quite frankly, that Is that team, the wine talking? Just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 I think that was just raw emotions that were coming out. I mean, anytime a guy tests positive and then immediately says, you know what, I'm out for the year with a month left and their team's in the playoff line. Uh, but that team who doesn't who who struggles to throw the ball, quite frankly, they they've had some issues. He can help them. Um yeah. and I know it seems crazy. I don't think he's like game changer guy, but he can help them. Especially with Mark Andrews out. He could run some slant routes, get open over the middle or things like that. So I, I hated to see it. I was really looking forward to see Des play tonight, but you know, I I, I do I have an the cynical attitude, and I understand it, but the cynical attitude everyone's a Man, the NFL man, just pulling a fast one, fraudulent. Well, I saw Mike Fisher tweeting out some BS like the NFL's being being fraudulent. Wait, wait, wait. hold on. Oh, yeah, he, right? he did what? Yeah, imagine that, right? He's like being. I was like fraudulent. No, they're not. It's not fraudulent. It wasn't some conspiracy theory. The guy tested positive and they removed him. Like that's what happened. Like it's not like I, I now, think now, now the question goes contact tracing. Well, hold on there, Fox. Come up with a Family Guy rerun real quick. They're not canceling the Tuesday night game of the week. Follow the but money, people. Let's get. They real. need to have something where I believe it's like this in college, where they are tested and the results are made available to the opposing team like hours before the game. So, yeah, you could travel to the city and, you know, then the game gets canceled a couple hours before. But this guy's warming up on the field. That looks really bad for the NFL. Like, that shit. Yeah, it does. No doubt. That should have. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, no, 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 no. I will not argue that. It, well, it looks bad. Worse if he, it looks bad. If no, he had not. played and then tested positive tomorrow. You know, or something, and some right, Justin found Turner out that, type stuff. Yeah, that they oh, found that, out that happens every week. Yeah, found out that they that he had actually tested positive, but they wanted him to play because it was Cowboys against Dez and all that stuff. So, I mean, it looks bad, but it could have looked a lot worse. Yeah, and it, it will look bad. They're going to have to answer it. And guess what? We're going to have a distraction on Thursday night when the Patriots and Rams play, and then you get ready for Sunday's matchups. And my God, the NFL is lit this week with awesome games up and down the slate. Oh, I dude, Cowboys, Bengals, dude, Cowboys, Bengals, dude. Let's this, get it. This one's for the Senior Bowl. Losing team coaches the Senior Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, actually what a, not. What They're a good. prize. <laughs> you know, seeing seeing how the Jets and Jaguars created some pretty good drama last week, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys and Bengals give us a good old fashioned tie. Just give us a good tie. 
Uh, you know, who will the Eagles no, start? Dalton's going to be fired up, man. Dalton's going to be so fired up for the Bengals. It is a revenge game for him. And uh, Hey, real quick. Did you see that ball before halftime that the Red Rifle unloaded? Man. That was pretty. Yeah, that was, that was pretty. What was that? Why aren't we, why aren't we Ma- running those plays? Imagine if she had <laughs> caught that. I know. Okay. It was wild. That I, was- I, I, like, he's backing up back there. I'm like, what is he doing? Are they going to do a hook and ladder? He's not throwing that to the... He's throwing that to the end zone. Like that was should've wild. I didn't ex- I didn't expect it to be like that, man. Well, I say should have been caught. I think if I was leaning on a uh, fifty, like uh, the scale would be more towards one hundred that that ball should have been caught. That was Richard, still a difficult catch. Richard Rodgers would have caught it. Sure would have. And let me tell you something else though. The the highlight of the game for me is on the first or second drive, and Blake Bell is running a crosser out. Right over the middle. It's about an eight-yard route. And Andy Dalton, with the perfect precision and accuracy, throws it right at Blake Bell's back calf, like three yards that. behind him. <laughs> yes. He like, hauled it hell? in. He got it. I was like, how is how you supposed to catch that? It was a terrible pass. Not His a lot of reps with Blake insane. Bell. Didn't have the timing down on that one. <laughs> and and yeah. the other thing is with Andy Dalton is that even on those short passes – I mean, he put zip on that. Like, he doesn't really throw too many passes where it just kind of like a touch pass, just kind of like lofting it over to defender. Like, he puts a zip on like a lot of even the short intermediate throws like that. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't think it's similar to some of the other quarterbacks on the roster. So it's got to be a little bit of an adjustment period there. Oh, hey, and you know what? Maybe we need to give a little blame to Cedric Wilson because I heard he was the scout team quarterback. Jay Glazer reported that before the game. He was playing Lamar Jackson in practice. Obviously, he didn't have the defense ready. Must not have been a good enough look that Thanks, he gave them. Cedric. They didn't have five extra days, you know, to get ready for the game, too. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Look, it, it, it is frustrating to see those other two teams in the division and even though the division's entire laughing stock. It really is frustrating because whatever you want to say about those teams, Washington's put together a few few good weeks in a row. The Giants have put together a few good weeks in a row. Oh, guess what? Both of these teams playing without their opening day starting quarterback as well. Uh, I understand the severity of the injuries a little more here. I understand that, but... That is that is something that's gonna kind of. Uh, I mean, I guarantee you, Jerry's losing sleep over that right now. And I'll say this too: Giants and Washington go lose. Okay, this week, Cowboys beat the Bengals. That we still have a Cowboys Giants game that means something moving forward, but that has a tiebreaker written all over it. But it's not likely. But it's still in the mix. 
And I just want everyone to remember that. Maybe the 49ers continue to mail it in. The Cowboys may have a couple easy wins on their schedule. And I can't believe I'm saying that because they are one of the worst teams in the league. One of the worst teams in the league. They may have some non-competitive victories coming their way. Saad, talk us off the ledge. Give us some positives that you took away from the game. I mean, honestly, it. I don't know the that... I know, I, I did. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you're looking for a positive, I thought Zeke looked pretty good. Um, you know, I, th- I thought he had he had his legs under him. Um, it was kind of weird. He had like that really good 14 yard run or something in the first in, in the second uh, second half, and then was like yanked off the field for like the next four or five plays. Uh, I thought that was kind of curious, but I thought Zeke looked good. Um, I thought Amari Cooper looked really good. Like Amari Cooper had some really good moments. Um, that touchdown, I know it was garbage time touchdown, but my God, I mean, is there another, is there any better receiver in the league, um, at the, at the, at the top of the route who just absolutely loses defenders? I mean, that was, that was incredible. And not to mention the catch, uh, was pretty good as well. So I think if you're looking for positives, uh, Amari Cooper and Zeke both look pretty good to me. Yeah, and I would say Dalton Schultz continues to show that you got yeah. you're going to be pretty solid at tight end. That's not a position you really have to worry about next year. And hey, you know what? At the very least, with this offensive line, you should have you should have developed some pretty good depth throughout this year for next season. That like you'll feel confident if you lose a guy for a couple of weeks. Obviously, you don't want any of these major you know out for the season you know Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins ones. But you've I feel like you've, you're getting some of these guys developed because they've really been forced to just be thrown to the wolves and that they just have to play. And so they, you know, other than the one sack they really gave up, on, which was, I think, early in the fourth quarter. So they went basically three quarters without a, giving up a sack, yeah. which really surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Um, so, yeah, some of that stuff. And then, you know, your skill position guys, obviously the receivers and that, when you get Dak back, you'll be solid there. And, and they'll and they'll win games. They'll be in it. They'll be in, the, in, in it in competing for the division next year. But, you know, the expectation was that you got rid of Garrett. You weren't bringing him back because this was there was going to be no rebuild. It was going to be no. We're going from what we were to now we're going to win. You know, now we're now we're going to take it to the next level. You know, and there's just a part of me that I'm like, are we seeing this Jim Caldwell transition to to Matt Patricia, where it was like, well, we're kind of sick of this Jim Caldwell going nine and seven and ten and six. Like we got to take the next step, and then it's like. Well, now you're going to actually, because it's a new coaching staff, you take a couple steps back, and then, and I'm not comparing Mike McCarthy to Matt sure. Patricia. I know Mike McCarthy's a better coach than Matt Patricia, but I'm just, I didn't expect it to be take a step back, and I don't know how you go into next season thinking like, no, this is this season was an outlier. They'll build off of what they did two years ago, and this will be a 11, 12 win team, and they'll have a, a, a you know host a playoff game that I just. I don't see that right now, not with the way that this defense is playing. I don't think you just snap your fingers one off yeah. season, all of a sudden this defense is locked in. And some of those guys who you know don't have a home next year uh, are putting out some bad tape. You know that's that's frustrating as well. Um, now, Kent, you said you had a a bit of a, a Kent's type. hypothetical. We got to make yeah. this a weekly thing, I guess. Kent's yes. hypothetical. Here we go. Was. It wasn't going to be a thing until right before the show when I got a text from um, a Bears writer. I won't say a name in case this doesn't make an article. I don't want to. Uh, to leak anything um but yeah a bears writer that i work with is researching a potential article throwing some some ideas around and threw this trade idea uh at me and i uh, wanted to know what i think it involves the cowboys cowboys tag prescott trade him to the bears for 
Khalil Mack and Nick Foles. Bears sign Prescott to an extension. Cowboys draft a new quarterback. Um, I mean, it, it sounds good on paper, but I don't see any of that happening. I mean, I'm pretty sure for that to happen, Dak would have to sign the franchise tender, yeah. uh, which I don't know why. He, I don't know. Maybe he would. Who knows? He could be so frustrated with Jerry at that point, and he could be like, fine, I'll go to Chicago. That's fine, um, even though that's where quarterbacks go to die. But anyway, um, he uh, – When's the last time they had a good quarterback, KT? Go ahead and fill us in. The Bears? Jim McMahon. Cutler. Jim McMahon? I mean, they have, <laughs> didn't they have a couple Jim Miller years? No, I was going to say, don't even come at me with some Rex Grossman. But no, anyway, no, no. Um, <laughs> on, on, on paper, he got him a Super Bowl, right? No. Uh, uh, technically, Cutler had a couple of good years there. Yeah, Eric Eric Kramer. Yeah, Kay McNown. No, um, I just, I don't see that happening. I, I really do, like, even I, I think at one point, Troy said on the broadcast tonight, like, the Cowboys love Dak. Like the organization loves Dak. Like I don't see them doing a move like that. And I don't really look at them as as feeling like, okay, well then we'll get Nick Foles and we'll draft a guy and then everything will be fine. Like I just it, it sounds good and it's interesting for a debate. I'm just gonna tell you I I think it's very like highly unlikely. Like I, I put it at like ninety percent, ninety five percent chance that that Dak is back with them. Like I, you guys I just don't talking uh, earlier in the show, it was interesting. The conversation kind of led into this because, you know, talking about his defense needs so much help that what, almost what good does it do? I mean, if, would Dak even help this thing right now? You know, like it's at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then then we'll come up with a new hypothetical and, and come up with one where it actually, it, you know, improves the Cowboy in a ma- major area of need and, and switches to the Rams and then switch players with – they get Aaron Donald. Then yeah, that we, would be true. Yeah, yeah, but there was no way that the Rams would do that. But anyway. Um, I, the Cowboys needed, needed Khalil Mack tonight more than they needed Dak to stay in that game. <laughs> They yeah. needed to stop yeah. the run, and well, they Aaron couldn't Don- do it. Aaron Donald would have been nice. <laughs> but, yeah. can, can they find? Can they go? Can they go back and? There's where's no the Aaron? He's not on the. Where's table. the Aaron Donald tree? Where like, can you go pluck one of those? I from? think the only reason he asks me this is because he thinks the Bears really are like trying to get out of the Khalil Mack deal, and like I mean, who knows what the Cowboys oh this need. season? I've talked to multiple writers at the at different teams cover writers at the Athletic that cover different teams. You know, Colts. Uh, you know, Bears, Browns, Browns before obviously Baker Mayfield started having a decent season this year. But like, there's all teams that were like factoring that in because hey, you know, actions speak louder than words, and the actions are that the Cowboys haven't got a deal done. So if you're covering another team, why wouldn't you sit there and be like, hey, maybe they really don't want them. Maybe they are willing to part with them. I totally get it from a Bears standpoint. I mean, that's the, been their missing piece for a long time. Is that I mean, if they have a better quarterback than Rex Grossman, they probably win that Super Bowl. You know, I mean, that's been the thing that's held them back. Those you know, those good defenses that. You know, Brian Urlacher was was on and, and Charles Peanut Tillman and that. I mean, no, I, I get why it, that they would be interested. I'm just telling you, everything that I've heard I, would make me very surprised if Dak Prescott isn't the Cowboys quarterback next season and well into the future. Yeah, I and totally I think I, I, I do agree that, you know, the Cowboys needed Khalil Mack more than, more than like Dak tonight. But I think when you look at the season as a whole, and I promise I was not a guy to do this uh, before Dak got hurt. Um, and I still would rarely ever do this, but I, I, I'm really putting a lot of stock into the Dak leadership thing. Like, like this whole thing with the Cowboys this season, with everything that's gone on, has seemed to just gone off the rail in so many different ways. And I feel like you know whether we're talking to guys post game, whether we're talking in the middle of the week, that calming presence of just Dak Prescott being there and talking, and just you know his his presence on the field. Like I. 
again, I, I don't do this a lot. I'm not just going to say like, you know, guy's a good leader, so pay him. But he's a really good talent. And I do think that, sure, you could have used Khalil Mack more tonight. But I think you probably still have two or three or two or three more wins this season if Dak Prescott never gets hurt, just just purely based off of his play and his leadership. Yeah, no, I, I yep. wouldn't disagree with you at all on that. I, I He's the best leader that I've been around. I, I mean, I don't think that that's phony or anything. I mean, just the way it is when he shows up to practice last week, you know, and guys are going up to him. I mean, it just, there's something about him. And, and, and you obviously saw the beginning of in 2016 when he won that job over Romo. I mean, I thought for sure Romo was getting that job back. and he, But he didn't because Dak had won over the locker room. And, and he's had the locker room ever since, you know. It's funny how much things have changed, too, since 2016. Because yeah. in 2016, Zeke had more value than Dak. I mean, Zeke was this, you know, he was going to be the next Emmett Smith. And they were going to be com- completely committed to the run in this offensive line. And Dak was just had to be a good, solid game manager. Don't turn the ball over. Make good decisions. Occasionally run. You know, you know, uh, keep the defense honest. You do some zone reads. And now it's like... He's the franchise, like, and there's no questions about this. So, no, it makes it would make no sense to do that deal from the Cowboys' standpoint because I don't know how. While I sit there and I say they need all those pro, they need all these things fixed on defense, I think then they would just create a whole boatload more problems on offense if they if they didn't have Dak Prescott. You think, um, you know, given this injury situation with Dak and the, the fact that the play happened when he was, you know, running the ball, do you think they they maybe? think of him a little different going forward like you know if we do sign this guy he's not going to be quite the dual threat quarterback he once was because we're just not going to put him out there like like we were so he's going to nah. have to adapt to be be more more of a pocket passer uh threat than i mean i mean i mean as any quarterback gets older you're going to be relying more on being a pocket passer i don't think that that completely changes the ability to extend plays and things like that i think the biggest thing that not only and really, to be honest with you, they don't even need to say this to him. He experienced it himself, and he's going to learn from this. The fact of the matter is that the last two times that he's gotten hurt are the at the the Rams game last year, which the shoulder, which was on a run that he was trying to extend the play, and then he, obviously those last couple of games of the season, he wasn't the same because that shoulder was a major issue. That that game in Philly, he was not right. You know, probably if it happened earlier in the season, they probably would have sat him out a few games, but they needed to win that game obviously to make the playoffs. And so I think him experiencing what he's gone through opens up his eyes a little bit more to like, hey, you know what? I mean, I'm, it's not like he was running 10 times a game. He's not Lamar. He was only running three, four times a game anyway. It's the, yeah. I'm not going to fight for an extra yard or two. Get down and slide and live to fight another day. And I know that he had that as a mentality with him because there's something to be said for stiff arming a guy or fighting for the extra yard or putting your shoulder in a guy. And it like sends a message to the rest of the team. Like, Hey, I'm not only the leader, but I'm willing to get physical too. I'm not just this quarterback that's going to sit back there and I'm, you know, I have to be like protected and, and, and I'm not going to get down and, and get dirty with the rest of everybody. I'm a big guy. I'm built like a linebacker. I'm going to put my nose. I think he realizes more than ever. Now having gone through this injury that it's not even about that. It, it's about for me to lead this team. I have to be on the field. So I have to sit there, and on these certain situations, I have to get down. And I think that's the big thing. Now, Jerry has a hard time just saying that <laughs> concisely, and so you can always read in between sentences. And so when he talks about this this morning on the radio, I know I noticed a lot of people when I tweeted out were responding like, this is just Jerry, another thing, holding Dak back. He doesn't want to be a runner anymore. I did not take that at all. I took it as the, he's going to have to be more like Russell Wilson where he picks and chooses his spots, yeah. and he's got to get down. That's just what it is. But he was never a guy that was going to be running seven, eight times a game anyway. I think him running a couple times a game, I think that's still there. It's just the, 
I'm not going to be sitting there stiff arming guys and trying to fight for an extra yard and put myself in that in that position. And they were transitioning to that anyways. I mean, his his passing numbers early on show that they were the plan this year was to win through the air and get ahead and score fast. And they were they just kept fumbling and and getting behind, uh, and that became such a, a big issue. To me, the most important thing uh, in terms of fixing things quickly in a rapid way. Keep an eye on other teams that are ahead of the Cowboys. New England at pick 16. Chicago at pick 13. Washington might have a quarterback situation at 11. Denver at 10. Carolina at 7. You know, those types of teams that need a quarterback or might need a quarterback who need to get up to where the Cowboys are. If they can get more inventory, that's how you fix this thing sooner than later. Because this is very much about multiple picks and not just one superstar player. Because you know what? That superstar defensive player doesn't exist in this draft. I truly believe that. Um, Still got a lot of tape to watch. But, yeah, I'm not sure that superstar defensive player who fixes everything is a person who exists. Granted, T.J. Watt went 30th or whatever that year. So, you know. It's rare, though, that you don't have an elite edge rusher emerge at this point in the pre-draft process. Like, that you don't know of a guy right now and because you can go back to previous years that you, you knew by now who the clownies and the Bosa's and the miles Garrett's were. And there's not that guy no. in this draft at all to like be at the top where you're like, well, you know, Hey, we are pretty solid at edge rusher, but man, if that, you know, if miles Garrett's there, we got to take him, you know, I mean, we need help yeah. on defense. That guy helps us immediately, man. And if you've had guys forth. opt out too, you know, right. and that, and that changes some things. So, you know, obviously, we'll be talking about the draft as we move on. Uh, closing thoughts, guys. Cowboys lose 34-17 to Bodymore. 3-9. Uh, and nine. Get the Bengals on Sunday. We'll have another episode later in the week to get you ready for that game because there's nothing quite like break, breaking down a start of Dalton's revenge as he goes into the jungle to take on Ryan Finley. I mean, this is what headlines are made of. Uh, closing thoughts, guys. Well, I'll just say, you know, for me, the one thing that stood out to me most in this game was Troy Aikman's commentary. And I thought from top to bottom, he was very honest, sometimes brutally honest. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I feel like, uh, and, and, you know, we were talking before, go read John's piece because John said, like, I believe John said that he has, he incorporated a lot of that stuff in his post game, uh, in his post game thoughts. A lot of what Troy was saying was just really on point from a, from a feel standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, from everything. He was just, uh, you know, he's a guy, he, he's developed into one of my favorite guys to listen to um, because he really knows what he's talking about. And uh, and I thought that if anything, you didn't even have to watch the game. All If all you did was listen to Troy Aikman, you know how the Cowboys played. Yeah, he put the safeties in a body bag. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean he put the whole defense in, the run defense, but the safeties were really bad. I mean, but... Hey, they were bad in the game. You know, there's no, there's no question about it. And they, they, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where you can make some bad plays and some bad decisions against other quarterbacks or other running backs or, you know, other offensive weapons. And it might not look so bad, but when you make those mistakes against Lamar Jackson, especially when he's using his feet, he can make you look like a fool, you know? And I thought, I thought we saw some of that tonight. Um, now my closing thoughts are just, can they somehow just fix this football team? Because watching bad football just sucks. And it sucks even worse yes. to have to cover Amen. it and write about it. Amen. Like it just, I mean, I mean, there was times where in tonight's game, 
that like I was flipping over like watching some college basketball during commercials where when the team's good, I would never even think of doing that. But I was like, literally like, this is so awful. Like what, what are we even watching here? You know? And it's like, you get to the end of the game and you're sitting there, you're about to do your, you know, zoom calls and stuff like that with, with different players and coaches. And you're just wondering how many different ways can they sit there and say that, you know, everything's still ahead of us and we're still fighting. And and I know that they have to say that, but man, that's got to be so hard to sit there and keep doing that. When you see the product on the field, you see it not only on the field, like we're seeing it on Sundays and Tuesdays, but you're seeing it in practice too. And man, it just, uh, I don't know. This, this whole year has sucked, obviously. Um, but it would be just nice if they could somehow fix this in the off season so that we could watch some competitive football again. Well, your competitive football is going to come from watching the rest of the league. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. Or... A matchup division games, division of, games, KT. We're still yes, have those to look forward to. The, absolutely, another Jason Garrett bowl to look forward to. And this week's Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah, two <laughs> evenly talented teams getting King. after. Who it. will it be? Ryan yeah. Finley or the Dalton? F- fighting over Penne Sewell. <laughs> yeah, fighting for yeah, Penne seriously. Sewell. Yeah, Dalton. That could be. This could be the Penne Sewell Bowl. I'm sure the the, the Bengals well, I mean, would if love you're to them. have uh, Penne Sewell. Yeah, I mean, if you're them, I mean, at the top of your list has to be protecting Joe Burrow. Right. Yeah. Even before he got hurt, it had to be that. Now it's even more so. So I heard the Cowboys are looking at Sewell as a DT. So um, no, she kind you of needs some help. No, no, plug no. Him, no. Plug him in like, there. What? Can he <laughs> kick? Be the biggest injustice of all time. He might need to kick too. Let's get out of here, guys. I'm getting yep. delirious. Um, We'll have another episode later in the week to kind of talk uh, Cowboys, Bengals, injuries, any other blowback or anything crazy that's happened. Maybe there's a big watermelon smashing party. God knows what will happen. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, For our new Dallas Stars beat writer, Saad Youssef. For Father John Mishota, for our producer, Kent Garrison, we're going to see you next time on another episode of About Them Cowboys. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.